Welcome, Redeem family. We are so grateful to be able to connect with you today. I just want to share a couple things with you. First of all, I want you to know that we are looking forward to meeting together live in person for Resurrection Morning Services, yes, on Easter morning, April 4th, 10 a.m. at Lakes High School. Go Lancers! Uh, we'll be in the Performing Arts Center, so there's plenty of room for us to do the social distancing and make sure that we're following the proper COVID protocol. Friends, it's so important for us to be able to connect together as family. Let's carve out this time. Let's go be together and celebrate what Christ has done for us through the resurrected life that we're going to get to celebrate. And oh, by the way, yes, Eddie is going to be speaking that morning, so it will be high energy. We're really looking forward to it. Another thing I want to share as we continue our amazing journey through the book of Colossians is that we've learned that what was shared 2,000 years ago is as applicable today as it was then. In fact, what you're going to see in today's message is that it may be even more applicable, more relevant. And today it's a tough verse for some people. In fact, probably for many, because it's Colossians 3.18 is what we're starting with. That's where we're at. And it is going to say literally, Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. It's going to begin with that and some family relationships. And it's interesting to me because on this passage, you can look at it and see it from a deficit mindset or a growth mindset. The deficit mindset would say, you see, I have to do something. The growth mindset is what is the value of knowing how to defer, respect, and honor another person? But I want you to stay with this this message all the way to the end for two reasons. One is because we're going to get a woman's perspective on this. It's about time that a woman gets to share her, her vantage point on this very important message. And so we've seen in the past, Paul's written some things about women. He's literally said to the churches at Corinth, he said, you shouldn't even speak at a service. In fact, he said, you need to, to wear a bonnet and cover your hair as a sign of submission and then go home and talk about these things later. This is the same Paul who also said that Priscilla was a woman that was his co-laborer and fellow worker that he learned from her. And so there's a lot of different views on how it is that we can interact with women in being able to move the message of Christ forward. And this is an opportunity for us to literally capture the voice of a woman. So I've asked Liz Van Grind to be able to share today. She's on our teaching team. She's spoken before. And quite frankly, we think she's amazing. And so we were willing to give her one of these hardest, you know, passages. But the, the real value for me is that we get to be able to say, Liz and women, your voice is important. It's important to us. We want your perspective. We're all in this together, friends. We know that Paul said whether you're black, white, rich, poor, young or old, male or female, we need you. We're in it together. And if we need you, that means we need your voice. Well, what would happen if it's more than just hearing your voice, but it's empowering your voice? And that's my goal that we're able to accomplish that today. In the same way that Paul would come alongside of Priscilla and empower her and be different because of that time, May we all be different uh, from being able to hear in this passage and from a woman's voice today. And Liz, so I just thank you very much for the countenance and the word that we know that you're going to bring. And I'm also excited, and friends, you're going to want to stay all the way to the end because her husband, uh, John Vandergrand, who's also an elder of our church, he's going to be uh, closing the message with this significant statement of, husband, love your wives. 
And so I'm just excited that this couple's a part of our body. We're going to be different today because of the fact that we've leaned into the Word of God together. Bless you in this. Hi, Redeemed Church. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you, Dr. Marty, for the amazing setup that you gave John and I. My name is Liz Vandergren, and I am just so honored to be able to bring the word again today. Um, I really loved that Dr. Marty and my husband, John, and I got to plan this message together, prepare this message together. We were really working together. Um, and it felt like a model of what Christ wants for our family is to come together under Christ's authority, under the authority of his word. And so um, just take that as um, confidence that you are given a message today that has been um, prayed over and planned by three different people, all who um, want to serve the Lord and to say what he wants to say. Um, so Dr. Marty said that these were some tough verses. Maybe I'm naive, but they really aren't that tough for me. Um, they're really super clear. John and I aren't amazing at, at this. We haven't got it all figured out. It kind of reminds me of, um, I used to play basketball, right? And so um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but the Duke basketball team, they used to practice without the ball. And then game time, they would throw the ball in and they would actually like do amazing. So John and I have been kind of practicing this without the ball really. And now we've been thrown into the game and now we're teaching it to you. So it's kind of wonky, but um, that's, that's what we're doing. Cause you don't necessarily have to be an expert at these verses to be able to teach these verses. They are pretty clear and we just got to do our best to follow them. So again, like Dr. Marty said, I'm covering Colossians three verses 18 through 21. So get out your Bibles and read along with me. The verses will come up at the bottom of the screen. It says wives submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So these verses are challenging today because they are totally countercultural set of verses, but they are clear. My goal today is to deliver, to deliver the heart of the message. There's so much that could be said on these verses, and I actually encourage you to seek other content because different speakers and preachers have preached on different aspects of this, like what to do when this is not going right and what to do and how to submit exactly and how do you love your lives and exactly how should you parent. That's not what we're really going to go in today. I'm, my goal is to deliver the heart of what Paul is trying to say, what the Lord is trying to say to us. So to get on the same page, I want to go over the word usage, some of the key words in this passage. Um, contextually, the book of Colossians is really all about the supremacy of Christ and how that looks in all aspects of life. And we can take this book of Colossians and we can use it uh, as instruction for how to be agents of change in our community and agents of change in our families, which is most important. So right before these verses, um, right before these verses, uh, Kurt preached on them last week. It's about um, putting on the new self. So it's how Christ's authority in our lives has the power to transform us. And that I love what Kurt's phrasing he said last week was, God has given some things for us to put on like clothes. Those things are compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, and forgiveness. He's setting us up. So when we put those clothes on, we are better able to function in our roles as wives, husbands, and parents and children. So again, let's look at the word usage. That's my goal. I'm going to be using the ESV translation today. There are lots of other translations, but the, the meaning is, is basically the same. So starting with verse 18, wives submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. The key word here is submit. And in Greek, it is hupotasso, and it means to place or 
or rank under. It's actually a military term, and I even wore some military garb today to remind me that it is a military term. I'm actually very familiar with this concept in, in military terms because I used to be in the military, and so I know what it's like to place yourself under an authority. Now, it is different. Your husband is not your commander or your husband is not your NCO, but Think about that mindset that there is an order of things and that wives are to place themselves under their husbands. There is an order. Okay, and so um, verse 19, husbands love your wives and do not be harsh with them. There are four different kinds of love in the Bible and the Greek word for love used in this sentence is agape, which means an unconditional love. It is the same exact love that Christ has for us, which of course is sacrificial and unconditional. Harsh is another key word, and it can mean embittered in some translations, meaning do not be bitter with your wives. Verse 20, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. The Greek word for obey here, and I'm sorry if I'm, I'm pronouncing it wrong, um, is hypokoete, and it means to listen, to attend to. Verse 21, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. The word fathers here isn't just for dads. It's, the word is pateris and it means father or parent. So this verse is actually addressing both mothers and fathers. Okay, so that was a quick breakdown of the word usage and I know that it helped me to know them and to keep things in contact. Another thing to note is that Paul is addressing the women directly. Paul is addressing the men directly and Paul is addressing children directly. So God is addressing each role individually. Husbands are not addressing their wives and, was, and wives are not addressing their husbands here. And parents are not addressing their kids. Although it's very common to say, obey what I say, do what I say. Um, okay, so moving on. If you're a note taker, I only have two points for you today. And we are gonna be really covering the heart of concepts like submission, agape love and obedience. Those three concepts are gonna shape the heart of this message and what God um, calls, us, calls our families to. So I'm calling this message, the mysterious, in parentheses, beauty of order and chaos. The order meaning God's intended order for things and chaos meaning the tendencies of the flesh. So point number one, submission and agape love is a tall order, but it is a biblical concept. It will reveal a mysterious beauty in your families and the abundant life God has planned for you. It's all part of God's redemptive work. Do you know that submission is actually found all throughout the Bible, all throughout the New Testament? There is a quick list and I'd like to run it down to you so you know that actually everybody submits. 1 Corinthians 16 says, Christians are called to rank ourselves under the ministers of the gospel. When we hear a message, when you hear this message, when we go to church to hear the word of God being presented, we trust that that minister has spent time with the Lord. They are reading the Bible and they are uh, delivering the truth to you. We trust that. That's what our ears trust that we are going to hear, not some sort of uh, personal opinion. Um, Ephesians 5 says believers should submit or rank themselves under one another out of reverence for Christ. We are to serve one another, to love and put others first. Ephesians 5, Titus 2, 1 Peter 3, and of course today, Colossians 3, all say that wives should submit or rank themselves under their husband per God's order for things. We are all called to submit ourselves under God and his laws. These are found in, eight, in Hebrews 12, James 4, and Romans 8. We are to place ourselves under Christ because he is the head of the church, Ephesians 5. We are all called to submit ourselves under governing authorities, Romans 13, Titus 3, and 1 Peter 2. 
Young men are to submit themselves under older men, 1 Peter 5. And lastly, children are ranked under their parents. This is Luke chapter 2. This is God's design and order for life, for things. And it's all for his glory and for our good. What biblical submission is not, this concept does not have implications of inferiority or compliance. It is done willing and it is a posture of the heart. If stubbornness is a problem for you or you have liberationist ideals, these are some of the walls that may need to be broken down before you can willingly submit yourselves to these different areas, to your husband if you are married. In fact, submission is really only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. He sanctifies us and he empowers us to submit. And his word tells us what clothes to put on in order to do this. Patience, humility, kindness. Can I just explain real quick what submission feels like when unconditional love is poured over you? I mean, Christ is perfect at it. So we all have experienced it if you're a believer. So when we go into a worship time, whether it's at your house, um, whether it's at church. Uh, you know, the first song you're getting in there, you're getting in the spirit. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, he enters the room, he enters your spirit. And there is just this joy and peace and calmness that sort of overcomes you. It's, it's unexplainable. It truly is a mysterious beauty. The same beauty is revealed when wives follow the commands of the Lord and allow the husband's loving leadership to, over us. We allow ourselves to be under our hus husband's leadership and it should bring peace and joy. So I have a personal story for you guys. My husband and I just moved into an old but new house to us. It was built in 1927, but it has been completely uh, updated and remodeled. It's amazing. When we walked through it at the staged phase of this whole process, I mean, working light fixtures, baseboards are smooth and clean, wall, paint walls are perfect, no chips, no dings, no, no scratches on anything. It feels very orderly. It felt super great. Okay, so then we move in and we've got some boxes and we've got our furniture. So it starts to get pretty chaotic looking. The couch has bumped the wall. Uh, the kitchen table bumped the baseboard. So there's a little nick, which you know is going to be hard to fix. Um, so far, all the appliances are working, but there's this beeping sound that we're not quite sure what it is. Okay, so it's starting to get a little chaotic. And then as we're unpacking and trying to figure out where to go, it is super chaotic. And in fact, it's not really looking anything like the orderly way that we saw it when we walked in. In fact, it is just downright messy. But as we start settling in and putting put things where they belong and we start, I start hanging up pictures on the wall, um, start using things, just start living in there. Uh, there's this beautiful thing that happens. A home is created and it feels really great. And on the flip side, we've all been into a house, probably our own at times, where it has just been downright messy, dirty, and there's absolutely no semblance of order. This is the time when some spring cleaning needs to happen or we just may need to call the merry maids because it is just super bad. And biblically speaking, when it is completely unorderly and it's completely chaotic, this is when we have to pray and try to make it right to get things back in order. God is no stranger to chaos. So wives and wives-to-be, we are called to submit to our husbands. So when we willingly step into God's divine order for our families, we are functioning in our role, in our family, in an orderly way. It's chaotic because of the tendencies of our flesh to be stubborn and to not want to do it, but it is beautiful. 
concerning husbands. So my husband um, is going to speak in greater detail on verse 19, but wives, we are called to submit under our husbands who are called to love us. This is agape love and it's an unconditional and sacrificial love. And both love and submission are done in our free will. I know, I know this is a super tall order for husbands to do 100% of the time. Oh, but when they do, it's joyful, it's peaceful. And when they don't, this is when we have to really put on patience, humility and kindness, forgiveness and trust God's order for things. Of course, I have to bring this up in situations of emotional and physical abuse, which is on the spectrum of what some families are dealing with. Our goal here is to tell you to seek freedom, to seek help, to seek support and prayer and counsel. That would be your priority. Okay, so um, fun story. I don't mean to skip over that too, too much, but it did have to be said. So fun story about John and I, we met on Match. He's probably not gonna love that I am just announcing this to the world, but we did, we met on Match. And I can guarantee you that when we were first setting up our profiles, I was not like dominant, dominant, and he's not like, I want a dominant uh, woman. But lo and behold, I just took an assessment test, um, the DISC assessment, right? And out of all of like the, the styles, I am mostly dominant. Submission has nothing to do with personality, although this dominance comes out in social relationships and, and just being driven and just you know kind of taking charge of things. And so yes, actually, it has been difficult to submit myself under my husband at times, especially when we don't agree. But submission has nothing to do with personality. It has to do with first recognizing God's order for things and then relaxing into the role that God has given, given wives. And so um, going on to future parents and uh, verse 21 regarding parents and future parents, it is essential that you create a Christ-centered home. Jesus will teach you how to parent so as not to discourage your children. This set of verses basically states the goals for family, the ideal situation. We must fight for this and surrender it to God. He will help us fight these battles because the enemy is always targeting families. So this moves us on to point number two. Seek growth and fight for your family. Be the change agent that is focused on togetherness. We need to have a growth mindset, just like Dr. Marty said. Do not settle for a merely chaotic household. God knew that submission, agape, love, and obedience would be hard, as these are our weaknesses. That is why Paul addressed those specific things. Did you know that men prefer respect over love? So it's interesting that wives have a tendency to see these things at the same thing. Women need God. Women respond so well to agape love, but it's so interesting that men find it easier to show the eros kind of love. Men need God and children need structure and guidance. So it's interesting that they come out wild, free, and super loud. Um, children need God. And how do children get introduced to God? It's from the parents. Parents need God. They facilitate that relationship. I'm going to tell you I'm not qualified to be giving a bunch of advice here, but I did ask the Lord for one verse that I could give you to empower the body of redeem and to empower families. God led me to this verse um, and it's going to help us deal with some of the practicalities of this because this is tough stuff. Um, it's Psalm 19:13. It says, and this is David praying, 
Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. So presumptuous sins was sort of a new, a new uh, phrase for me, but basically what it is, is it is a sin that you know is a sin. Like the Lord has already talked to you about it, or you've read it in the Bible. You know it's a problem for you, you know it's a sin, but we continue to do these things anyways. It is essential that you take on some spiritual warfare here and pray over yourself and declare over yourself and you ask God to protect you, to keep you from these sins so that they don't take have dominion over you. So if you are easily angered and that leads you to sin, I mean, you say, okay, tomorrow I won't be angry. Tomorrow I won't yell at my wife. Tomorrow I won't be harsh. Well, if this is a continuing problem for you, then you need to get with the Lord and ask God, like, keep me from this presumptuous sin. I don't want anger to take, to, to have dominion over me. And wives, if you're stubborn and you're just like refusing to give up the world's definition of, of submit, then this is a presumptuous sin that you have in your life. We need to repent and we need to ask God that it, that it does not take dominion over you. We must fight for our families by praying the same prayer that David did. We need to say the name of Jesus in our household. We need to begin by making Christ the center of your home. You can't do this without him. These are not worldly concepts. The world will not prepare you to function in these roles. This is a Holy Spirit empowered thing. This is the new self. Read the Bible daily and let the word transform you. It's, it's interesting that if you choose to like, today I'm going to submit to my husband, I'm going to do what he says. That's, that's not really what it's about, although that is what it's about. But by reading the Bible, it transforms your heart. It softens your heart. Your husband is doing the same thing. He's loving you. You're like, okay, I, I want to hear him. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to hear what he has to say. And it becomes this togetherness thing. Um, if you've already got this, like you've been living this out and this is not new news for you, I am, I'm challenging you to, to mentor other couples and to mentor parents. You've got to equip people in our community and equip people in our church. Mar married couples need to see an example of this. If you're married and you're living in isolation, if you're not li uh, living out life with other Christian couples, you, you are not going to be able to see the model. It's like a perfect teaching opportunity without even having to ask to get a lesson. You're seeing an older couple perhaps, and they're interacting with one another, and you'll be able to see submission and agape love taking place. We need to mentor younger couples. We need to mentor couples who have been in a struggling situation. So that is how you can be a change agent in your family and in your community, but also men, just take the first step and show some agape love. And women, if your husband is, is, is not doing that, then take the first step, submit yourself to God because he is the top here. He's, he's the highest ranking order. Submit yourself to God first. And I promise you that there's this mysterious beauty that will come out of this. So um, my husband is going to be speaking next, but I would just like to empower you and to really prophesy over you that by having the supremacy of Christ in your life, he will transform you and your families, not by might. You can't do this just by saying, okay, one day I'm going to do it. You have to lean into the Holy Spirit. Trust the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and that he will mature you in these roles that God has called us to as either wife, husband, child, and or parent. Um, I promise you will discover and enjoy this mysterious beauty that comes up. It's, you don't, you don't want a, a staged home. You want uh, an orderly home, but you want a little bit of life in there and you want a little bit of chaos because God is made perfect in our weaknesses. It's been awesome to be able to speak with you guys today. Um, and let's just give it up for my husband, John.
Well, what an honor, what a privilege to speak on um, family, husbands, wives, children. And I get to speak on this with my wife. What, what an honor. Here we are at Colossians 3, 19. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. And uh, my Bible said I could uh, go look at Ephesians 5.25 as well. And here we find husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Husbands love your wives even as Christ has loved the church. Here we stand with a very tall order, a very high bar. Husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. Christ is perfect. We are the church. Christ's love for us is perfect. Husbands love your wives as Christ loves you perfectly. A pretty tall order. And uh, I knew I needed the words of the Lord Jesus Christ to even come up with anything of value with such a lofty goal. I landed at Luke 6, 47 through 49. Luke 6, 47 through 49. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose... The stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth against which, against which the stream did vehemently, and immediately it, f it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Here we can take this as if Jesus is telling us how to build a house. Obviously not. Jesus is telling us how to found our households, how to found our lives. And I will say that the most important pillar of your foundation, men, is that your house serves the Lord. I hope you would repeat with me when I say, for, as for me and my household, we, would, we will serve the Lord. I, was, I would contend that the number two pillar of your foundation, for those of you who are married, is your marriage. It is the most important part that your house that your world doesn't become a great ruin. And so how do we focus on founding our lives deep, with deep foundations that reach all the way to the rock, the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ? As I thought about this message, I thought about like a third party came along and he went over to the person who didn't bother with a foundation and he came along say a month later and he's already on the second floor and has lots to show. Here's the staircase. We're going to have double doors here in, in, a, in a bay window or something. Very impressive. The world is very impressed. And yes, this house will be able to entertain. And yes, this, will, this house over here will be able to have heat and light and interact with the world and conduct, hopefully, ministry. But it has no foundation. And without a foundation, when the seas rise, when the wind blows, when the tempter tempts, because men, this book tells me the temptation is crouching at your door. And when there's hard feelings in your marriage, when someone feels maybe unappreciated, I don't know, but when the winds are blowing <clears throat> and the seas are high, there's the definite risk that this house could end up a great ruin if it hasn't been focused on the foundation. This third party then comes over and looks at the other man who had heard the, heard the sayings, had ears to hear and eyes to see when it came to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this man is still working on his foundations. He's digging deep. 
And this man says, sir, you're way behind. I was just visiting this other man and it's a very impressive structure. Everything that you're working on here, nobody's even going to see this. What I'm hearing today, what I'm trying to share in this message is men, it's the work that the rest of the world doesn't see that would allow your ministry, your marriage to conduct the word of works of the Lord Jesus Christ even when the darkness comes against you, even when the seas rise and the wind blows. And there are hard feelings this, in our particular day. Man, if you've taken the time to work on your foundations, those intimate times when it's just you and your spouse and you're working through something difficult, I feel like this is foundational work. This is the work that the rest of the world didn't see, but this is the work that will carry the day on those difficult days. So in order for your house, man, in these dark times, to go ahead and carry the ministry, to show that light, to be that warmth, even on those dark days, it's this work behind the scenes that no one saw. And lastly, this is the hardest part for me because this is the part of the message. I'm first in line that needed this message. I guess, this, I guess that's why this message was for me to deliver. Man, we have to control our minds. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't leave any room. Mm. Man, we have to control our minds. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't leave any room on this one. He said, if you look lustfully upon another woman, he said, if you look lustfully upon another woman, you've committed adultery in your heart. We must control what we're looking at. We must control what we're listening to. We must control what we're thinking about. It's foundational. It is what will sustain your house. It will sustain your marriage in those tough times. It, it by not controlling your mind, it changes your countenance upon your wife. It changes the ability of your marriage to conduct the work of the ministry, to conduct the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And men, I'm telling you, the darkness comes against you and works against you in your minds. And I believe that's why the Lord Jesus Christ left no room on this one. And so I'm first in line for this message and I guess that's why I was uh, tasked with delivering it potentially. I hope it was a blessing to, uh, to you all out there and uh, let me pray for you. Lord, Father, that we would be able to serve you be, be your servants, to do your will in these beautiful packages that you call families, that you've put us together in this way from the very beginning, and that throughout your scriptures, from the Old Testament to the New, the backdrop of how you interact with us is set in the holy matrimony of marriage, and that we now are here to execute your will in this beautiful relationship that you call marriage and that you bless and that you hold dear. And Lord, give us the strength and the guidance, the courage and the strength to go forward in your name and do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all.